0: Do we all love the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Tonight's to stir us up. Nothing out there reminds us of Him. Nothing inside, apart from our new man, reminds us of Him. The devil certainly doesn't remind us of Him. I hope that tonight's interactive singing will help stir you up. I appreciate Matthew's encouragement that audience participation by singing some extra songs might do just that. Jesus, our King... Let's look at two verses of the Bible and delight in them. Amen. What does Jesus mean to you tonight? Is He the glorious Son of Almighty God? Amen. God has a Son, and we know Him, Jesus of Nazareth. Right. If you are a Christian, He is your Lord and Savior. Right. He excels all the children of men in every way by any measure. Amen. God's favor on you, both here in this world and hereafter, is by loving Him. Because it's the mark of God's elect. You delight in things in your life. Let's make sure that we delight in Him because He deserves it all and anything we delight in cannot be compared to Him. This review of Jesus Christ for praise and thanksgiving has nothing to do with the holiday approaching at the end of this month but rather the one that just passed. Right. Isaiah 9, 6. Let's say it together here. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counsel her. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. the The Prince Prince of of Peace. Peace. The verse can also look like this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We know about a person That is God's Son. He's God in the flesh. He's the Word of God. He's Emmanuel. He is everything to the church. He rules the world and the universe. And He's coming again to burn this place up. We should think about Him, love Him, and obey Him every day of our lives. The next verse, together. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. This verse looks this way of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, that is David's kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Precious Bible language. Okay, quickly, the first verse. Then we'll sing a couple. For unto us a child is born, the king of the universe. The king of the universe began life as an infant. And we know that and we have it recorded for us in three of the Gospels. He was the seed of Abraham and he was the son of David. He was the seed of the woman. Eve's seed to rescue our race from the claims of the devil. His mother Mary was a virgin. God was his father. We believe these things and defend them by our doctrine of incarnate sonship. His birth was personal. His birth was purposeful. For us. Notice. Unto us. A child is born. Praise God. Acts chapter 4 refers to Jesus. As thy holy child Jesus. We have no problem referring to him. As thy holy child Jesus. They did. Though Jesus was already at the right hand. Of almighty God. We know he is no longer a child. But he is God's son. And thus. His child. For unto us. A child is born. There was a birth. We celebrate the births of others. We have birthdays, but there was a birth of a son, the son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Unto us, a son is given. His origin and his arrival were not due to himself. He was given. He was passively given to us. The creator God gave a gift to his chosen people because notice, unto us, a son is given. Almighty God sent His Son and gave His Son for us. The gift from God was to us and for us. Thank you, Lord. No one would give even a sinful son for you. Any one of you sitting here. All of you collectively. No one would even give a sinful son for you. But God commended His love toward us by giving us His perfect Son. His well-beloved Son. His only begotten Son. And the government shall be upon His shoulder. You want a leader? You want a king? You want a president? A premier? You want someone in charge that's going to do what is right? That's going to enforce judgment and justice and punish all evildoers? The government shall be upon His shoulder. Not ours, His. He's the leader. He's the blessed and only potentate. Jesus was born and Jesus was given as a son to be king. This is the leadership and rule of God's kingdom. The kingdom that includes fallen and elect angels. The kingdom that includes God's saved elect in heaven and that are still on earth. That rules over all. The Lord Jesus Christ sits at the pinnacle of power. A man appointed By God to rule. This is all angels and men above and below. God chose one mighty out of the people to rule. As Psalm 89 and verse 19 likes to put it. Shoulders are usually what you use to carry the heaviest burdens you can bear. And so the government was put upon his shoulder. He is a pillar that will never be moved out of place. You know the pillars of the earth when the Bible describes them in Psalm 82 and other places, are describing earthly rulers, they get moved out of joint and society suffers as a result. But not with the Lord under the burden of government. Because He is mighty. The government shall be upon His shoulder. You know, we may have an election coming up soon, but there has been an election already made. God's elect, the Lord Jesus Christ, rules the universe. His name shall be called. We know His personal name is Jesus of Nazareth because the angels told Joseph and Mary to name Him Jesus. And because He was raised in Nazareth, He was known as Jesus of Nazareth. That made Him a Nazarene. He was never a Nazarite. We know two of His titles are Lord and Christ. And Peter unloaded both of them on the day of Pentecost. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. Fulfilling Psalm 110, fulfilling Daniel chapter 9. We also know that he has over a hundred other names and titles given to us in the Bible, and we rejoice in them. The following adjectives are names totally fit him. They describe his character. And remember that a name, as it's used here in this phrase, a name or description is more than just words. It is a verbal reflection of character traits that make Jesus the Son of God. First of all, he's called Wonderful. A comma separates his name from Counselor. If you look at some of these goofball, bubblegum Bible versions today... They've taken the comma out and refer to Jesus as Wonderful Counselor. But there's a comma there, and we trust the comma. If you want to have a little study about commas, try to figure out Exodus 1240 in a King James Bible compared to other Bible versions without commas. They take the commas away and lose the power of the verse. We leave the comma there to get the name Wonderful. And I think we just sang, His name is Wonderful. I wonder if the song was inspired. His name is wonderful. Do you know what this word means? Full of wonder. Virgin born. The miracles. The Lord appearing to him and speaking to him from heaven when he was baptized. His resurrection from the dead. His ascension into heaven. Seated at God's right hand. The way he spoke the truth. He is wonderful in every measure of his person. No one can compare to Him by any measure. What does it mean wonderful? It means such as to excite astonishment. It's marvelous. He is marvelous in our eyes. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And what is the first of those six aspects of the mystery of godliness? God was manifest in the flesh, born of a virgin, God is wonderful in counsel, but we separate them. His name shall be called wonderful because he's flat out full of wonder by any way that you measure him. Counselor. God is wonderful in counsel, but there is a comma that divides. He has all the treasures according to Colossians chapter one of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, are in the Lord Jesus Christ. He perfectly knows God's will and taught it while He was here on earth. Have you ever read Matthew 5-7, through the Sermon on the Mount, and and saw how the Lord Jesus Christ took all the learned wisdom of the rabbinical Jews and corrected it and reestablished God's righteousness by taking their doctrines and practices apart and teaching the truth? He's full of counsel. Counselor is the name of an advocate or a lawyer. One of the terms by which you should address a lawyer is counselor. A judge may refer to a lawyer as counselor. And so he's our lawyer, he's our mediator. He has confounded men when he was on earth by asking them questions they couldn't answer and by answering questions in ways that they couldn't comprehend. And they stopped asking him questions. And he instructs us by his spirit. He can teach us and He has taught us so much. And we're trusting Him to teach us more. But His name shall be called Counselor because He has the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He perfectly knows God's will and He communicates it to us. He's called the Mighty God. The Mighty God. I love this little thing here called a definite article that makes Him the singular and only Mighty God. This gives the Jehovah's Witnesses problems. They had to change their Isaiah 9-6 to be mighty God. They didn't like that definite article, the. We like it. And it's been there for 2,000 years in the King James Bible. Right, folks? That's from a discussion we had at break time. He is also named Emmanuel, God in the flesh. We love this title. The Lord Jesus Christ is the mighty God. Did you hear Matthew end his prayer a few moments ago that in his times at the appearing of Jesus Christ, he shall show who is that blessed and only potentate. I can't stand Shriners. They go around calling each other the most high potentate. There's one blessed and only potentate, the Lord Jesus Christ, the mighty God. He is the word of God who is God and he was made flesh. John chapter 1. David described him as the most mighty and he should gird on his sword in Psalm 45. Paul wrote in Titus chapter 2, speaking of Jesus, he said the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the mighty God. What a title! These are just a few of his names and descriptive titles in the Bible. He is called the everlasting Father. He is not... The Father as the one He called Father. Meaning the person that Jesus addressed as Father. Hold on. He is the Father as partaking of His full nature. Because He had the fullness of a Godhead in Him bodily. Well, you say, that sounds a little... No, it's just beautiful. He's the everlasting Father. You know they believe a doctrine called the eternal sonship? There's no such combination of words in a King James Bible. But there is this combination that Jesus is the everlasting father. That's to make fun of them and we don't have time to pursue that uh, argument any further. He is the father of his children and that forever. Right. Don't forget that we were given to Jesus Christ as children right. as well as his brethren. There's different ways that that are that the relationship between Jesus and his elect is reflected in the Bible. He would see his seed, remember? His seed. He would see his seed and prolong his days. How long would he prolong them? Foreverlasting. Forever. He as the ruler of Israel, the father of Israel, was from everlasting. He's the everlasting father. What a glorious title of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the prince of peace. He made peace by destroying all our enemies. We don't like peace talks. They've never really accomplished a great deal for our nation. There's another way to make peace. Annihilate your enemies. Get rid of your enemies. And the Lord Jesus Christ has done that. He's made peace by destroying all our enemies. Some of it simply waiting for formal declaration. He made peace by reconciling us to God. And what a wonderful peace that was. Remember, the second temple, the temple of Zerubbabel, God encouraged the Israelites as they were rebuilding that second temple that in this place, I will make peace. I will give peace. Because in that second temple, Jesus entered it, and that's where He tore the veil from top to bottom as He died on the cross. He is called the Prince of Peace, because he's destroyed all his enemies and our enemies, and because he's reconciled us to God. He also made peace by reconciling Jews and Gentiles, according to Ephesians 2 and 3. He promises everlasting peace from all conflict. There'll be no pain, no trouble, no war, no anything in heaven when we're with him, because he's the prince of peace. The Bible describes a perfect reign of a king as every man sitting under his fig tree. Right, Chris? I know you and I have talked about that before. Charlie, I see you. Every man sitting under his own fig tree. There's no war. There's no problems. You get to come home, relax. Because you don't have to fear any enemy. The Lord Jesus Christ has that in store for all of us for eternity. From all conflict. He can speak peace to storms. Peace. Be still. And a great storm became a great calm... And He can do the same thing to your soul. If you'll ask Him for peace, if you'll ask Him for comfort, and sometimes without you even asking, He has given you calm from a storm in your life. Praise His glorious name. He's the Prince of Peace. You know I've preached a series of messages on this before. Every one of these could deserve a sermon or a a couple. But we're just looking at it briefly because we want to sing again. So Isaiah 9.6 Unto us, Oh, I love that. Unto us a child is born. Do you know in Jeremiah 31, 22, it says that God would do a new thing in the earth? A woman would encompass a man. Now, wait a minute. Women have been having boy babies since Eve. But there's only one, in the sense of Jeremiah 31, 22, of a woman encompassing the man Christ Jesus. But anyway, he was a child born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He's our leader, our king. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What a verse of Scripture for us to love and remind ourselves tonight of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eric, I need your help. Number 118 in the Burgundy. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 118
1: are the dead.
0: handbooks please number 441 Jesus shall reign where the sun number 441 Jesus, receive our worship quickly. Isaiah 9 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this of the increase of His government and peace. His authority, the Lord Jesus Christ's authority would increase to dominate all. Remember, that stone that struck the image in the feet started out small, but it grew to fill the earth. The kingdom of heaven is described as leaven. It's described as a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is a tree in which every bird of the air can make a nest. It filled the earth. Peace and tranquility would increase overall because of the Prince of Peace. We are speaking of the increase of the government of the Lord Jesus Christ and the peace that He gives. His kingdom has no limits of space. Israel was very small that David was king of. The Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom has extended all the way to South Carolina and it extends into heaven itself and there's no limit to its duration or time. Though beginning small, it filled the earth. You never need fear, any interruption or foe because of the increase of his government and the increase of peace. There shall be no end of those two things. His reign cannot be overthrown and it never comes to an end. Amen. His royal kingdom endures to all generations as the Bible teaches. Every other office you have ever known and ruler has term limits by death and Or being voted out of office or what, or retiring or whatever, depending on what sphere of authority in the earth you are considering. But not so with him. He will not tire, nor will he retire, nor will he be replaced. Change is what creates fear in most people. The unknown of having to change. But there is no change with him. His, he doesn't change and his government doesn't change and his peace. Doesn't change. Upon the throne of David. God had promised. That David would have a son. And that David's throne would last forever. And Jesus is the fulfillment. Of that promise. David was Israel's favorite king. Under David. They defeated all their enemies. Under David they had great prosperity. And they looked back at that golden age. That Solomon. Reaped the benefits of. As David's kingdom, along with Solomon, though David established the wealth and David established the peace from enemies, God had promised forever that David's son and David's throne would rule over his kingdom. David was clearly the greatest king of Israel. He had vanquished all their enemies and given them peace. Jesus is referred to as the son of David repeatedly, And fulfills all those promises to David. Many times the apostles take pains in Hebrews, in 1st Timothy, in Romans, in other places. Paul takes pains to explain that Jesus after the flesh was of the seed of David. Revelation speaks of the the root and offspring of Jesse referring to David. And upon David's kingdom. David's kingdom was glorious and so it gives us the best word picture that an Israelite could appreciate about a real king. right? They loved David. Israel loved the prosperity and riches they enjoyed it under his reign. It's the best picture of the Lord Jesus Christ that Old Testament saints had. We don't even know a king, so it's hard for us to even appreciate what a glorious, benevolent, perfect king would be like. David had mighty men, as we think upon David's kingdom. You know, there are several chapters in the Bible that tell us about the exploits of David's mighty men, but Jesus has the angels because he's Lord of hosts. He's Lord Sabaoth, meaning he's Lord of the armies of heaven. We are part of this rebuilt kingdom according to Acts 15. God has raised up again the tabernacle of David by us believing the gospel to order it and to establish it. A ruler must actually implement His authority. It just can't be in word or concept or a prophecy. He's got to implement it. So there's an ordering of authority and judgment and justice and establishing it so that it cannot be moved and cannot be threatened. And the Lord Jesus was prophesied to do that, and He has done it. His authority within and without must be set, and it has been. God has set His King upon His holy hill of Zion. Psalm 2. His laws and his policies must be fully enforced. And so we have the fulfillment of this part of the prophecy. Jesus Christ's kingdom is fully in place forever. It is entirely and only in judgment and justice. Right. With judgment and with justice is the description of the reign of Jesus. You know, when we look at earthly monarchs, they get there in or earthly presidents They get into office by all kinds of means, but not the Lord Jesus Christ. He established a kingdom upon the the foundation of judgment and justice. Everything is done according to fairness and equity in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You will not be reading the news through eternity and hearing about the, the perverting of justice or judgment in a province because the Lord Jesus Christ will be reigning With judgment and with justice, no perversion of either. All is done according to what is right and to what is righteousness as defined by God. This is contrary to every government you know or can imagine with our limited experience. Eternal security for you and ruin of all enemies is sure because with judgment and justice, he will keep all of his promises, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ will cover all your sins, and every enemy outside the election of God will be destroyed. From henceforth, even forever. Perfect judgment, perfect justice, will stand forever. Every promise of God to you is sure forever. Because of His judgment and justice. Remember, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It doesn't say he is faithful and kind to forgive us our sins. He is faithful and just because our sins have been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. Every enemy of yours will be destroyed forever. Nothing can change negatively in the future because notice this promise about judgment and justice. Every guarantee of your protection is in place. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What a statement. What a sentence to end these two verses. Who sent this king by birth for a perfect reign over us? Who sent him? The Lord of hosts sent him. The Lord Jehovah. Notice the all caps. It is the Lord Jehovah. The great I am that I am did this. The universe exists. Our solar system exists. This earth exists. We exist tonight for the glory of God through His Son and the display of His wrath and power on the vessels of dishonor and wrath and His grace and glory on the vessels of mercy and honor. We are so blessed. It's an incredible event. It's an incredible drama. All for the glory of God. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, Jesus' death on the cross, His resurrection from the dead, all of it was done by the zeal of Jehovah. When we try to think about Jehovah with zeal, it should short-circuit your mind. Because Jehovah Himself, I am that I am, is beyond our comprehension. To be able to say, I dwell in eternity. We cannot comprehend, but When he is filled with zeal. Because to perform these things was for his exaltation in the universe. To display himself through his son coming to save chosen sinful rebels. He is Lord of Sabaoth. Right here. The word host. The Lord of Sabaoth. Romans chapter 9 and verse 29 and one other place in the New Testament where the Hebrew word is brought in without translating it. It means king of the angelic armies. It's not Lord of Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath because Matthew 12 says He is, but Jesus is also the Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, captain of the king's armies, of heaven's armies, of God's armies of angels. The zeal, look at these words, the zeal of the Lord Jehovah, of hosts, the armies of heaven, will perform it. Do you know how we get justice and judgment? By the zeal of the Lord of hosts performing. What He had promised to perform. He promised eternal life before the world began. Do you know how we get it? He performs His promises. God's own zeal guarantees both His Son and us in His Son. No matter what the devil or your heart may ever say to you, just answer it with this statement. The zeal... The of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Right. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You fall on that sentence and you fall on the safest foundation for your thoughts and your heart. Amen. Isaiah 9-7 Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. And we have Isaiah 9, 6 and 9, 7. What does Jesus mean to you? If you're baptized, you swore allegiance to Him forever. That you would rise to walk in newness of life and and He was your Lord and Savior and you were giving Him your life. You will see Him soon. Let Him see your love for Him. Give the blessed and only potentate your best. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 22, let him be anathema, maranatha, cursed at the coming of the Lord. This king died for you. No way. This king died for you. We celebrate it Sunday. What will you do to worship him? Will you prepare for the Lord's Supper on Sunday? You could review sermons like one that I've preached in the last year that I had great pleasure preaching to you, The Unsearchable Riches of Christ. You could take in Handel's Messiah on Friday night. You could pray for God to reveal Him by the Holy Spirit to you, like the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Ephesus. And you could sing with all your might a few minutes tonight to let him know how much we love him and want to honor and glorify him. So let's sing again and we'll close. Number 31 in your Burgundy hymnal. <laughs> Number 31. Hearts and and hearts and voice. Amen. Amen. Number 509, Burgundy Books, same books. 509. Let's all stand together as we end with this hymn tonight. 509. Let us pray. O Lord of hosts, we bless and praise and thank Thee for Thy zeal to perform these things. And we being on this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, this side of our Lord's ascension, see that You have performed Your Word. We are thankful that He came to do Your will, by which will we are sanctified forever. Heavenly Father, we are unable to rise to the level of holiness, zeal, praise, glory, and honor that your Son deserves. But we thank Thee that through the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, our feeble, inadequate praise is sufficient and made acceptable by Jesus Christ to Thee. Amen. We trust in that. Now, O oh Lord, I ask in Jesus' name for the power of Pentecost, the power of the resident Holy Spirit in us, with us, and among us to reveal to us the full dimensions of Jesus Christ's love toward us Amen, that we might understand His love that passes knowledge yeah that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. The words are hard for us to express, but they are in your word, and we believe them, and we ask for that specific mercy in our lives that you would fill us with a greater understanding and appreciation, affection, and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Take our weak efforts this night and bless them to every heart. Every foolish soul here that is filling their mind and heart with other inputs, O Lord, convict them and forgive them and show them that they are missing the Lord of glory, just like the Jews missed him and crucified him. Lord, help us to live worthy of his name. We gladly take it. We look forward to this coming Lord's Day when we shall celebrate his death until he comes for us. Until then, go with us and keep us. Show us your Son. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen.